Imagine you're on a road trip with an electric car from Austin, Texas to San Francisco, California. Now, it's about 1,800 miles. It takes about 26 hours. And imagine that you never had to stop to recharge, not even once. Sounds like a dream, right? Maybe not. Let's find out how this is possible. Hello. Um, welcome to the Hard Tech Podcast. I'm Daniel Lapore. Um, thanks for tuning in to yet another live stream. We're doing this live. Uh, it's different. It's uh, unique uh, in, in this space. But uh, uh, we've had some fun uh, over the past uh, two times that we've had live streams. And, you know, with uh, the interactions I've had with some of you who have tuned in, um, I'm very grateful. Again, I'm Daniel Lapore. Uh, the idea of the high-tech podcast is to provide insights into new and emerging uh, hardware and physical technologies. This channel is more focused on areas like robotics, um, energy, healthcare, manufacturing, and things like that, not just uh, computers or smartphones. Please subscribe to the channel so that you can see videos when they're released. Um, some some of you uh, watching are just high-tech enthusiasts, maybe investors, uh, students, or or just people curious about new technologies in general. So welcome to the show. I appreciate you having you guys here. On this show, right now, the, the format uh, of what to expect on this channel actually is every Tuesday, there should be an interview with uh, guests. And these guests are typically uh, founders of hardware tech companies and other innovators within the space. Videos should be released every Tuesday on YouTube. Also, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Fridays, I'll be hosting a weekly live stream, just like this one, where I'll typically provide you uh, detailed insight into a specific type of new and emerging uh, technology, physical technology. This all comes from my perspective as someone who has built, um, previously built an energy device startup company and as someone who is a mechanical engineer. So... Uh, the YouTube channel is Hard Tech. Uh, username is at Hard Tech Podcast. So if you're looking for us, that's how to find us. Uh, major update. Um, this week, uh, we released an episode with Andre Kloschko, the CEO of Ethium. It was a brief conversation. You should be able to get through it very quickly. It's about 27 minutes, I think. We discussed reversible heat pumps, decarbonization of the planet, and we had a discussion about Earth sustainability versus Mars colonization. That's the benefits of either one, right? Uh, check it out on the channel. Um, also, we're active on social media, mainly on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, but also on TikTok. Again, we're hard tech on, on, on all social media. And username is also the same. It's at hard tech podcast. The links are in the description of this video. Well, so you can also find us on Apple Podcast. Spotify, RSS, if you just want to listen to the audio version of the podcast. Uh, we're actually active on other uh, audio forms. So if you if you listen to uh, most of your audio content on Pandora uh, or iHeartRadio or places like that, you can still find us. But um, uh, you can find the links in the description of this video also. Now, uh, I went through that real quickly because I want to try to get into the main events, uh, the main discussion very quickly today. Uh, but um, as I talk about uh, this, the, the topic in the title of this video, uh, which is how your electric car could be continuously charged, recharged as you drive, please ask questions and comment in the chat. I'll read, at some point in the video, I would, I would uh, read out the, uh, your questions and comments and, and respond. I want this to be a bit interactive. And you can also suggest whatever you want me to talk about, whatever you want me to present my uh, uh, opinion on or provide insight about, insights about. And you can also leave your comments on this video after the live stream. I really uh, be looking forward to seeing your comments. You guys have been leaving comments of recent, recently on the previous videos. I, I really appreciate it because it's useful to get that feedback to know uh, what we're doing here and how it's uh, impacting you, impacting you in some way. All right. Let's, without further ado, let's get into it. 
title of the video, right? Five ways your electric car could be continuously recharged while you drive. Five ways, right? But I'd like to start by explaining why this is necessary. What is what is the what is the need here? What is the problem we're trying uh, this this concept is trying to solve? Well, the average electric car driving range is below 300 miles, right? It's below 300 miles. So if you wanted to drive somewhere that was going to take you longer than 300 miles, then you would have to stop at a charging station or somewhere to, to recharge. Now, the charging time depends on the method you're using, right? And it can take from 30 minutes to half a day. The average charging time is hours, right? So if you really, really need to be on the move, then you need to sacrifice a few hours if you're out of charge or if your battery is low. Road trips are no fun if driving outside of a supercharger network range or if you're driving in remote areas, right? It's no fun to, to take a road trip in an electric car in that sense. Uh, and here's, here's, here's something else that a lot of people don't even take into account. In the, in the United States, the customer demand is higher for electric car SUVs than regular electric cars. It's crazy. Regardless of what, what type of car you're making, people want big cars. And SUVs use a lot of power, right? For, for all we drive SUVs, for example, the driving range is sacrificed for increased handling, vehicle, vehicle weight, and stability. So driving range is even much lower in this um, bigger vehicles, right? So people are always going to want bigger vehicles and also driving range at the same time. So what are the five ways that these, uh, that five ways you could actually drive your vehicle, your electric car without needing to recharge it for a long time? Well, I'm going to talk about five ways. Overhead attached cable, conductive charging, inductive charging, solar roof, and charging robots, right? I'll, I'll get into those five topics separately uh, in a sec. All right. Eventually, if any of these methods work, or if, if all five of them work, or five of them end up being adopted in the future, I foresee a situation in which it becomes easier to control and localize the charging environment of, of electric cars. So the environment to which electric cars are recharged will be just roads, instead of homes or shopping malls or other places. And it will massively increase the adoption of EVs, electric vehicles, since charging issues are mitigated now, right? So if you want to see increased adoption of electric electric cars, electric cars, one way to do that is to make sure that people don't have to worry too much about recharging, right? So this is a really, really good concept. And I'll take you into the work that has been done by different companies and governments and, and other entities into making this happen. And that's what this podcast, this live stream is all about. I give you a detailed analysis. I'll take a topic, a, a space within the hardware tech space. Look at what is being developed and what is currently, what is currently being um, adopted or what's about to be adopted. And just give you a detailed analysis from the perspective of someone who is who who has built a company within the same space, right? Let's start with overhead attached charging cable. This is not a new concept, right? So you guys are thinking, oh, I've seen those trains or those um, uh, buses with uh, where that that drive short distances in major cities and have overhead attached electric car charging cables to them, right? But Let's go. Let's 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 go to Lübeck, Germany, right, and take a look at this right here. A good example of the way it's been done more recently, if you will. All right, I will pause the video and along the way to provide my commentary and provide some further insights beyond what's been um, discussed in every video I played today. And also, in some cases where there is no commentary on the video, where there is no one illustrating, I would try to provide my own illustration for those listening via audio, so that it's not just so that you can follow along. All right, let's um, 
play this video right here. As petrol and diesel get phased out and batteries become better and cheaper, electric trucks are slowly starting to become a thing. But the trouble is, you need a massive battery in each truck, plus the infrastructure to charge them all. It'd be great if you could somehow charge up electric trucks while they're on the move. Well, the world already has a proven, tested solution for sending power to massive, fast-moving vehicles. Electric trains have pulled power from overhead wires for more than a century. So why not put those wires over the first lane of a highway and let trucks connect to it while they're on the move? So it's been running for 21 months now and will be at least for the next year. A full-scale scenario for Germany would be to equip one-third of the German highway network and that could reduce two-thirds of the greenhouse gas emissions by heavy trucks. But for sure there are pros and cons in the real world and we want to be sure before we are going into the future with such a system. Yeah, there were a lot of safety concerns in the beginning so we had to discuss everything with fire brigade and police and so on. We have the, the voltage level of a tram and the, the electromagnetic fields are lower than on a tram. So I'm going to pause it right here to just say that um, it seems like you you probably see it in, in, in a few seconds, but it seems like for this to work, it will be dedicated to a single type of vehicle, a vehicle that has, uh, for vehicles that have the same height. So, for example, and like I said, you're going to mention in the video, for example, trucks that are coming from the shipyard or from, from the ports that are carrying maybe containers, right? They all have around the same height. So if you can build like a like an overhead charging system for that, it's uh it's easier to just because they all have the, they all have the same height. It's easier to just charge them as it go along, right? So if you if there's a large number of vehicles that travel along the same road and they have the same height, this would be perfect for them. But if the vehicles are at different heights, then this would be very hard to do, right? Oh, that isn't an issue. Overtaking is absolutely no problem. You just set the indicator or leave the lane and the pantograph will automatically drop down immediately and then you're free to go. So, so yeah, you can see in the video, um, if you, you can drive without charging the car, but if you want to um, um, charge your, your, your truck, you can just press a button and then... Uh, <laughs> A charging connector connects to the overhead wires from your from your truck. Now I have to say, it seems like um, this is this the overhead connector from the trucks might actually be flexible enough to uh, to accept maybe slight ranges in heights of trucks. But the point still stands that you you probably can't use this for a truck and a sedan, right? So in that part. A battery or the combustion engine will take over and you will have the full power without interruption. One of the things that's really obvious sitting here is that the technology works. Like we're running off grid power now and it's really, really quiet in here. There are two main uses for big trucks like this. One is last mile delivery, picking up lots of items from warehouses and taking them out to individual shops. Most of that is going to be away from the trunk road network. So e-highway wouldn't work for that. But those trucks tend to take shorter journeys anyway and they're sitting idle at night, so those could charge at the depot. The other use for big trucks is taking containers from ports to warehouses or from one depot to another. Almost all of that traffic goes along big trunk roads like this and that could all be converted to run straight from the grid with batteries taking a couple of miles to each end. Roll that out and suddenly you're replacing a lot of diesel. Yeah, so there you have it, all right. Um... There you have it. So that's 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 an example of how it's been done today, right? This has already been implemented in in niche in some areas, right? Like in Lübeck, Germany. Um, so overhead attached cable, not new, but it's it can be modernized to work for a a, a group of vehicles within a small height range, right? If you want to see a slight variation of this. Uh, we can go to Sweden and look at Upcharge. It uses overhead rail connector for Volvo buses at end stops, right? They call it opportunity charging. Uh, let's see if we can if we can uh, do look at this right here. Yeah, so Volvo and Upcharge, and the idea is. From from the looks of things in this video, 
the bosses can be recharged at the end stops. So I know I said this video is about, oh, how can you charge your car or your electric car as you're driving? But if you're at an end stop and you're going to stop anyway, and the charging doesn't interrupt your normal uh, process of uh, of operation, like you, it only occurs during your normal stop, right? Then that still fits the description. I'm gonna have to illustrate this video obviously because of okay so they're mentioning the problems that that electric vehicle companies typically have range charging time cost schedule and flexibility and other problems right so they're showing uh like commuter buses and they say they consume 400 kilowatt hours a day disengages right so this is just like oh i'm at, at, at an end stop i'm picking up passengers to start the route or to or dropping off package uh, passengers to end the route uh, you know within minutes the rail comes down as i as i as i pull my brake and charges the vehicle so opportunity charging is more efficient they're going to provide examples going to skip here because this is a lot of fluff so upcharge claims right here that um opportunity charging is lower cost is a higher utilization rate versus if you're trying to charge at every single bus stop then the charger cost is a lot higher and if you're charging overnight your typical overnight charging then the battery cost is, is a lot higher so that's an example of um, overhead charging that with a slight modification, right? So let's see here. Let's take this off the screen. Okay. So overhead charging, that's one way out of five. Let's go on to the next method. This is rail type charging or conductive charging. So is it possible for you to, as you drive your car, have some type of soft contact with some conductor laid on the road? And maybe in one lane, on one side, maybe the, 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 the rightmost lane or the leftmost lane, depending on, uh, on where you live. And that contact with the conductor placed on the road allows your car to charge as you drive. I think this might be more suitable for trains but it has been tested for cars. You never, never uh, underestimate the ability of people to to try different things, right? I'll give you an example here called Elon Road. I I don't know if this is meant as a as a <laughs> as to troll Elon Musk or something, but this is uh it's called Elon Road. That's the name of the company or the concept. Uh, according to the company, it involves a conductive rail laid on top of the road. Uh, there's a conductive pickup under the vehicle that connects to the electric rail. And the rail is only active when covered by the vehicle. So only active whenever the vehicle drives over the rail. Otherwise, it's not active. So it's, it's, it makes it a safe um, uh, proposition, especially in, in, in busy cities, right? So that 
Uh, it's safe for commuters and, and other people or other, other devices that don't need to charge, right? So we're going to look at what Elon Road uh, is demoing here. Let's see. All right. So again, I'm going to try to illustrate. So as you can see, there's a uh, rail with, with a conductor laid on a road, right? Yeah, and uh, you have a Tesla. This is actually designed for a Tesla. Yeah. And you can see there's a uh, connector underneath the car that just connects <laughs> and it's, that has a slight soft contact with the conductor and it charges it at the right. It's Tesla compatible. Boss compatibles will also test everything to the computer boss. And several rails. So let me uh, go back to that real quick. Right here. Far back. Yeah, so about 350 kilowatts of power. So. Maximize battery, minimize climate impact, infinite range, Okay. Now I have to say uh, that this method is um, more ambitious than than realistic, in my opinion. Uh, simply because this is not the only company that has tried to do this, and some of the other companies have that have worked on this have actually ceased existing you, you i mean i think the idea of just having contact with the road with your with your car beyond your tires seems uh to put a lot of people off i might think that's a reason and maybe a lot of investors don't want to fund a project of this nature oh i'm going to drive my tesla but i'm going to have something underneath the car connecting to the road at all times you know that would probably work for some short distance trains or something but probably not for your um hundred thousand dollar electric vehicle right so uh but it is a it is a concept it is one way to do it we're gonna go on to the third method this is road charging so we just did overhead charging overhead uh wire charging and we talked about uh rail type charging so conductive charging where you have to actually contact the road now we're talking about actual road charging which is inductive Right. This is so inductive charging uh, is where for roads is where induction pads are placed underneath a lane in the road to wires, wirelessly charge the electric vehicle. Right. So this, this time around, you're driving over uh, panels, but in this case, you're not contacting them because you're underneath the road and they're charging your car wirelessly. Okay. Now, a group at Cornell University. Uh, was there was there was a lot of buzz about a group at Cornell University working on this technology three years ago, uh, but I think it's still in the concept or or maybe early development stage right now. I want to talk more about a company that has been making claiming that the technology is actually ready to go, right? Introducing Electrion Wireless. They've been talking about this for four years now and. They say it's ready to go, and we'll see. I'll explain to you why 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 it's ready or why they say it's ready. Let's see. Let's look at the demo from a few years ago because there's no there's no updates in 2023. Um, so let's look at this. There's no um, video update. There's press update 
from Electrin. Let's go to this video. It still illustrates the point very, very well. Let's share this tab right here. Again, inductive charging. Induction pads underneath the road, wirelessly charging your car. Right? Sounds very, sounds very good, right? Let's take a look at it here. Electrion and its unique technology developed in order to change the future of transportation. The change starts today. Electrion Smart Road quickly and efficiently transforms our public infrastructure into a source of advanced. So again, uh, it seems like for, for all of these technologies that use the road, uh, the, the idea is just to take one lane and call it a charging lane, right? I'm beginning to see that more and more. It's energy. Public transportation vehicles will not require any refueling or charging at any time whatsoever. So what does Electrion do? Electric vehicles will receive continuous power while the vehicle is being driven directly from the infrastructure. Okay, you see that? So those are the induction pads right there underneath the road. Um, they are connected to the electric grid. And it looks really nice in this in this illustration right here. But um, as a concept, so you just drive over a normal road. These things underneath are actually wirelessly charging your car as long as you stay in that lane embedded under the asphalt road. Instead of carrying the heavy and expensive battery with a limited driving range and a short lifetime, with Electrion's groundbreaking technology, one can simply travel non-stop. Our city's landscape will change dramatically. No more gas stations nor cumbersome battery charging stations. And as the number of vehicles traveling on the smart road increases, air pollution around us will decrease drastically. Electrion's innovative and sophisticated technology is extremely efficient and very affordable. The upgrading of a mile of an asphalt road will only require the embedding of a narrow copper coil, which will be connected to the electricity grid. And that's it. We completed another smart and green road in just a few days. The upgrading of vehicles is also very simple. We install a receiver at the bottom of the vehicle and we are ready to go. So basically, I, I, it, it, you 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 basically have to work with the government uh, or the the uh, authorities that you're trying to install this road, and then you tell car manufacturers just keep making your car the way you want it to make it. Then we're just going to sell the charging equipment or the charging connector to consumers, and they can just attach it under their car. Very easy to install and and ready to go. Electrion's plan is underway. We are moving fast on the road to turning entire cities into electric and green cities. After we successfully complete the demos, we are embarking on pilot projects all over the world together with our international partners. We shall start electrifying main routes for public transportation. The next stage will enable us to continue the upgrading of the main roads of cities. And from there, we shall open and service distribution vehicles, sharing vehicles, and finally autonomous vehicles. In order to ensure maximum flexibility, the vehicles will also be able to travel on non-electrified routes. The future of transportation is already here. The technology exists and works successfully, changing the reality as we know it. You are invited to join us and follow the pilots and the first deployment on Electrion's website. Come on, let's go for a ride. All right, so that was that. That's Electrion Wireless. Um, I'm going to share this tab right here just to show you uh, the potential of this technology. Let me see if this is active right here. Yes, it is. So on this website, Popular Science, it says, uh, get ready for the world's first prominent EV charging road. Um, it says here that a rough 13-mile span of Sweden of Swedish highway could charge mass transit vehicles and maybe commuters EVs as early as 2025, right? So uh, it talks about... Uh, yeah, so right here it says a 13-mile portion of its E20 highway spanning between. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna botch this uh, this pronunciation. Hallsberg to Orebro, both of which are located between Sweden's two largest cities, Stockholm and Gothenburg. All right, so election. I, I think this has been. Let's see here. 
so the, the, the overall technology is ready to is it's, it's pretty much ready to go. Electron wireless is is at the forefront of this, um, and and Sweden says they will have a road, a whole stretch of road ready in 2025. That's obviously two years from now. So we'll see how that goes. Um, before I get into the next method, I think we've talked about what now? We've talked about overhead attached cable. Let me remove the uh, right here. Okay. So we've talked about overhead attached cables, rail type charging, and road charging. Right? So we have two more methods to go. Before I get into those two, I'll just go, I'm just going to read some, read your chat questions here. Which option will be ready soonest? Um, Terry Lang says, which option will be ready soonest? Uh, if I had to say, I would, probably, I would say, uh, actually, the method that will be ready soonest, I have not talked about it yet. It will be the fifth method I will talk about, which is why I saved it for last. Uh, but I, I, I will tell you what it is when I get there. Uh, the next question was uh, from um, from Yaz. It says, with how beneficial electric vehicles are for the environment, everyone should want one. Is this the leading concern that makes people consider not purchasing one? Yes. Yes. And the leading concern is infrastructure to support charging electric vehicles. People don't want to, they want to be able to think about electric vehicles the way they think about uh, gas vehicles. Like I can just go to a gas station and charge if I, sorry, I'm, buy gas if I need to uh, refuel my car, right? I need to be able to think about that with an electric vehicle. And I need to be able to think that I can do it in five minutes, just like a gas vehicle, right? It's a psychological thing. Once that psychological barrier is gone because of all these solutions, EV adoption should be pretty fast uh, from there. Thanks for the question, guys. Uh, keep it coming. All right, we're going to go on to the next method, which is, believe it or not, solar roofs on top of vehicles. <laughs> now, uh, some of you who are uh, very experienced and uh, educated on the subject might think, oh, well, solar panels are not feasible because their efficiency is low. Well, you'll be right. Uh, the average solar panel uh, efficiency is below 25%. Uh, and you need a really wide surface area at the top of, of most cars uh, to, to even have any type of impact. And right now, with some of the tests that have been done, I mean, with some of the tests that have been done uh, with solar panels on top of uh, car roofs, um, it's been said that it's only been able to pass some uh, components, some, some minor systems within them within the uh, vehicles. But that, that has not stopped major car companies from trying. Tesla, uh, two, three years ago, was was promising to put solar roofs on, front, on top of the uh, Model Y, I think, and saying that, oh, it, it could extend your range by 60 miles per day. That is still not available, right? Maybe because they're finding out that it's very, it's very hard to make something like this. Uh, but I'm going to show you examples of companies that have doubled down, tripled down on the idea of making a solar electric car or putting solar roofs on top of cars, right? Introducing Lightyear, right? I'm going to show a video from Lightyear here. Let's play it. Production has started. What many thought to be an impossible dream is about to become a pioneering solar electric reality. By the way, I think this video is very recent. It's from the last few months. So Lightyear is saying they are close to being ready to releasing a, 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 um, a solar electric vehicle, right? It's gone. This car looks very futuristic. If you think the uh, Cybertruck is... It's futuristic. This is way more futuristic than that. But getting this far is not easy. We redefined possible. And to engineer it, we had to be vulnerable and unafraid of failure. 
every knock, scrape and setback has led us to defy the odds like never before. We're about to put a revolutionary technology in motion. Okay, if I go any further, you can see it looks like they have solar panels across the entire top of the vehicle. The entire top of the vehicle is just black. Well, apart from the um, windshield. Um, let's go. Lightyear Zero will soon showcase a cleaner future on roads all over Europe. The world's first solar car. Impact has started. So, if started making a car, right? For for for, uh, for, it's ready for purchase. You can pre-order, I guess. Um, if you're intrigued by by the concept of a solar uh, vehicle, solar electric car. Now, Lightyear says that uh, they can increase extend range by an extra seventy miles per day, right? I'll give you an example of a, of another of another company that's working on this. It's called Fisker. Let's uh, share this right here. This is a much shorter video, thirty seconds. Yeah, this is much simpler. The uh, solar solar uh, panels are only at the top of. So it allows the electric uh, mini SUV to get up to a 350 mile range. So let's give an idea that this is not some bizarre concept or or something that um, uh, this is not some concept that is niche or something like that. You have companies pumping a lot of money into making this happen. So. That is the fourth way you could do it. The fifth way is again. This is this is this is like I said to uh, to Terry's question earlier on. This is the most likely way to get your car recharged without having to be necessarily involved. So again, in this case, you're not going to be driving, but you're not going to think too much about recharging. The recharging would happen when you're out and about. Um, but then you don't have to just think about recharging. So in a way, it's driving or moving around without actually having to stop for recharging purposes. So again, this way would allow you to charge with minimal... Let me make myself bigger here on the screen. Uh, this way would allow you to, to recharge without any involvement, any real involvement, right? Or downtime. And this way is called charging robots. You probably thought about it, right? Charging robots. So uh, imagine having robot chargers in parking lots, rest stops, and other places, places you would just typically stop at. And once you know, okay, I'm going to stop there for real, I'm going to be here, you know, uh, taking a break, uh, using the restroom, eating a quick lunch, quick dinner before I continue my drive, then you can just use your app, you know, call, you know, in advance before you get to the stop, you know, uh, reserve a robot. You just park your car, the robot just comes in and charges it, right? Very, very, very cool, right? Volkswagen, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Volkswagen, introduced this concept in 2019, um, but it's currently being tested at uh, DFW Dallas Airport right now. And let me see if I can share this news update right here from DFW. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so I'm just going to read a few lines from here. As part of its ongoing commitment to innovation and sustainability, Dallas Fort Worth International Airport will pilot a series of cutting edge electric vehicle charging stations in a showcase of new and emerging charging technology. Uh, let me see here. Uh, these demonstrations will offer the chance to test EV charging solutions, such as 
autonomous robotic wireless charging, right? So that's so basically they're try they're trying many different methods, but this is one of them, the robotic charging. Now you might think, well, what does it look like? Let me show you. Introducing a company a a robot called Ziggy, the electric vehicle charger, right? Electric vehicle charging is changing forever. Meet Ziggy. It all starts with a Ziggy app on your phone or dash. Simply book a Ziggy charge. The app guides you to your selected parking facility. While that's happening, Ziggy, the world's first mobile EV charging robot with communication and advertising, rolls into action. Yeah. Ziggy saves a parking space for you, alerts you where to meet it, and waits for you. When you arrive, simply drive to your pre-booked space. Ziggy pulls out, you pull in, and Ziggy drives in behind you. Then it's as simple as confirming activation, plugging in, and charging. All right, I'm going to pause it right there. The video is pretty explanatory, right? You, you reserve uh, a parking space on your app before you get to the parking spot. Uh, the robot kind of takes the space for you. You you check in. I mean, you uh, you get there. The robot gets out of the way. You park. It it parks. It stops behind your car and then charges your vehicle for you while you're away. So that's uh, that's pretty intriguing. That's the fifth method. I mean, it's already been tested out at. Uh, it's already been tested out at DFW. So that's that's pretty good. That's for me. Is the closest method to adoption, right? Uh, those are the five ways. I'm going to talk about two other ways that that you might be thinking about or some people have tried to, to use that have issues and then we'll close out the show, right? Uh, but I want to say out of these five methods, in my opinion, the best will be the wireless charging underneath the road because as a as someone who has built a company within the space and as someone who uh works on energy products and built energy devices i am a very big uh, proponent for impacting people's lives in ways they don't notice so if you have to drive over a stretch of road that you can't even see any chargers or anything and it's just charging your car it's just the best way to do it for me if that technology can 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 um get better and uh, and and actually charge a car uh, without improve the range driving range of a vehicle or charge a car completely as it's driving over that that stretch of uh, inductive uh, panels, then that's the best way in my opinion. Anything else is just kind of intrusive, you know. No uh, no offense to uh, the uh, solar panel roof companies all right i'm going to talk about uh two other methods real quick right and then we'll close out the show here's a method that is unlikely to work regenerative braking right some people think about oh why don't we just attach like some type of um uh <laughs> device to the uh to the to the tires that would convert the kinetic energy to some type of electricity to power the batteries. Well, because regenerative braking uses kinetic energy while the car is, is braking or decelerating, it would only work uh, if, if the car needs to decelerate quite often, right? So it will work in like a, a city environment. If you're driving across a stretch of highway, then this pilot won't work. Um, so... And and some electric cars actually already use regenerative uh, uh, braking type electric charging, right? Just to increase the range a little bit. But in any case, the energy recovered via regenerative braking will always be a lot less uh, uh, than than what you need, simply because the, the brakes are gonna the, uh, the brakes are gonna get hot while you're decelerating often, and 
they're going to dissipate energy in the process. So regardless of the, 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 um, the position in the placement of your, of your regenerative device to, you know, device connect the kinetic energy either around the brake system or around the tires or wherever you're going to, you're going to have very, very low efficiency and it's not going to be enough to power anything my, outside of maybe minor, minor systems within the, with the vehicle. So that's regenerative braking. That's not really going to work. It's not going to work in terms of completely powering the vehicle where you don't need to worry about, about uh, recharging, right? And then I, uh, let me show you one method which <laughs> I, I like when people come up with ideas like this one, right? Uh, let's, let me, actually, let me explain to you before I show you the short clip, right? So this guy on YouTube decided to put a power plant generator inside the back of his modified Tesla, right? It's ridiculous, but it makes you think about possibilities of what you could do, right? So a power plant generator that uses diesel. <laughs> so he adapts it into his, the trunk of his modified Tesla, and he drives about 1,800 miles without stopping to charge the car. That's crazy, right? And this is simply because of the attached generator. I'll just play part of the video right here. And you can watch the whole video uh, if you want. It's about 15 minutes, but I'm going to play about a two-minute portion of it so you guys can see what I mean. I'm all done building the cordless Tesla and this was way more work than I thought it was going to be so I'm completely out of time. I don't even have time to test the system to see if I have any problems. I'm just going to have to start it up, let it start charging the car, hit the road and head to my first destination which is Jurassic Gardens. After that I'm going to drive all the way around to the other side of Lake Michigan to see Nick and his jet powered pontoon boat. Let's see if I can make it. Yeah. It looks like he's going to have to drive the Tesla without um, closing the trunk because he needs the, the exhaust of the, uh, of, the, of the generator to be exposed or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's cut out the back of, and <laughs> he's cut out the back of the Tesla actually. So, so the, the, the exhaust is exposed. All right, let's go. Outside of the car, this thing is ridiculously loud. So I did a sound level check inside the car and surprisingly it's only 70 decibels. Perfect for a road trip. For some reason, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know if it's because it's the first time I'm starting this up and using it or why, but yeah, looks like it's charging, it's doing its thing. And then, my first problem. I noticed an excess amount of fuel consumption. Thinking the spoiler was the culprit, I pulled over, removed the spoiler. This thing was just eating up power with that spoiler. But then soon realized after a certain speed, I was spraying gasoline out of the rear of the car. Yeah, I can imagine the, the spraying of the gasoline is probably because of some type of failure uh, within the power plant due to the constant, I don't know, vibration. I don't think he uh, really, really connected or installed the generator in a way to reduce uh, shock, vibration, and things like that. The way you would in inside of a typical gas-powered car, right? And that's where all the fuel went. It was really interesting because with this big hole in the hatch, I was expecting it to be a lot worse, but it wasn't. That was a little bit weird. We made it to our first stop, which is Jurassic Gardens okay. in Volo, Illinois. This is all... This is all the fun part. Uh, I'm gonna fast forward it right here. Charging needed to reach destination. I guess we'll see about that. Okay. So this is like the second location he arrives at. This engine's still running and it's charging and there's Nick right there. So you can see. Yeah, so yeah, he, 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 there's a point I want you guys to see here. This engine's still running, His friend says something. There's Nick right there. Gotta be the loudest Tesla I've ever heard. <laughs> Two percent battery left, but we made it all the way without charging. So, ridiculous method. Tesla sounds very loud on the outside. It says it's about 70 decibels on the inside, so it's kind of manageable. But it makes you think. 
how could you modify Tesla or how could you modify electric cars with some sort of external power supply so that you never have to actually stop to recharge on a long road trip or just your regular everyday activity of using the uh, electric car, right? So you have that. All right. So I gave you five methods, five ways in which your car could be continuously charged. I talked about two other ways that um, either don't, either might not work or make you will make you think, right? And that's it. We've come to the uh, end of the show. I appreciate the comments. Oh, I have more comments here. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, B League TV says, um, I always look forward to your videos. Very informative. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hope to see you on every stream. Please, guys, just uh, appreciate the support. Uh, if you have any uh, comment or advice about what you want to hear, uh, let me know. Uh, Yaz provided on that comment again that says, do city and government regulations pose a large issue to these companies trying to dedicate lanes for charging? How likely is it that people would agree this this is practical I, I governments are typically very very slow at approving things and depending on if you were developing this technology uh this te technologies charging technologies you want to go to places where governments are receptive to changes due to electric vehicles right um but like i said the third method of putting like inductive panels underneath the road and connecting them to the grid in some way will probably be more acceptable. Well, and also the solar roof, because that you're just modifying the car that you're actually, you're actually changing the look of your typical um, electric vehicle and you're not impacting anything else. You're saying, okay, this is a vehicle I want to sell to you and it has solar roof and, and all that. But uh, the other methods like robots, uh, you'd have to get approvals. The um, overhead charging, you have to work with the governments. Uh, the, uh, the conductive uh, rail, yes. But uh, the in inductive charging underneath the road will probably be easier to convince someone to do. And the solar roof, you can just, if you have a lot of money, you can just build your own car and put a solar roof on it, right? So, so yes. Thanks, thanks for the questions, guys. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate it. Okay. Um, again, next week, we're going to have another live stream. Uh, we're going to keep this format. I think this format is really good. Hopefully you guys got a lot of value out of uh, today's. Um, you got a lot of value out of today's live stream. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.